This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Wednesday is WordPress Accessibility Day, a day to promote accessibility and best practices on WordPress websites. So WordPress, you might be familiar with the name, but just in case, it's a management system that facilitates creating and managing a website. In fact, according to Color Lab, 810 million websites use the WordPress platform that's 43% of websites on the internet. Stephen Scott has some thoughts on this. Stephen is one of the hosts of Double Tap, which you can find daily, noon Eastern time on AMI-audio. Hello, Stephen. Hello, Dave. How are you? Stephen, I am great. I uh, built a website using WordPress years and years and years and years ago. I have no idea what its current status is, but I didn't, I didn't realize that WordPress is this prominent in the web design world. Why is it so dominant? Well, I'm with you on this. Uh, I didn't realize it had such an impact in the world of websites. I just thought it was a place people would go and they would build a blog, they would build a site, and that was it. But of course, since the rise of e-commerce and more and more online shops and more people, more individuals choosing to build their own websites for e-commerce, it's actually become very popular. But of course, it all starts back at the days when the way to design a website was actually quite convoluted. And then these WYSIWYG editors came around, which is basically an acronym that means what you see is what you get. And you could then start to build a website visually. And I remember using Microsoft front page back in the day to create my first website. Oh, man. And yeah, that's taking us back, right? And, um, you know, there was all these other develop these kind of equivalents starting to develop. But WordPress came along and because the entire thing could be self-hosted, you could have you know, all of it on your own computer and you could build your website, you could run your website from your own system. It meant it was much easier to manage and use. And of course, from our perspective, it became very accessible for, for blind people as well, which was great. Yeah, Stephen, I mentioned that I'd built a WordPress website in 2010. I've also used the uh, Weebly uh, format back in uh, 2014 when I mm -hmm. launched a podcast. Back in the day, like you mentioned Microsoft Front Page. For me, it was GeoCities and Angel Fire. I was building websites uh, uh, yes. back in the late 90s, and I can assure you they were not accessible because I don't think companies were even thinking about that back then. I know this is a little bit of an unfair question, but how would you evaluate accessibility on the WordPress, WordPress platform? So WordPress is an interesting one because a lot of it is down to the type of theme you use for your website. Now, typically people think that means it has to be simple. There have to be few images. It can't be well designed, can't look nice, be sexy. It's not true. You can have all that, but it can be accessible. Ultimately, the core components to making a website accessible are making sure buttons are labeled, making sure that at the top of a paragraph, if you've got a heading, it's actually formatted as a heading, tables are labeled properly. You know, there's lots of things you can do to make sure a website is accessible. Now, WordPress 
has done a lot of work to try and encourage developers and encourage website owners to think about accessibility. It has implemented those standards, not just in the front end, but more importantly, in the back end. So the creation of a website is accessible. Mm. That is something that we haven't heard a lot of either in other spaces. I mean, even today, you go to work at a company and you have an internal system to deal with. Yeah, the front end, the website, you know, for the company might be fully accessible, fully inclusive. The back end, though, maybe not so. So someone yeah. who's blind, who's using a screen reader, can't navigate that. But WordPress allowed you to be able to create, but also view the content accessibly. Yeah, to put that in, in sort of different terms, Stephen, it's changing the way in which they think about a person with a disability from simply being a consumer to saying you can also be a designer or a developer, right? And and I, I know that sounds kind of like a wishy-washy, intangible concept, but that has real practical, real-world implications. Oh, massively. And actually, it's really important people understand that. How many times have we fought this argument on every single level? We always say the same thing, don't we? We are consumers too, but we're also creators too. And we can make our own content. We can produce our own content. And that can be anything. I have a friend who makes soap. She's the blind soap maker. That's what she does. And, you know, why not, right? And she can sell that online because she is able to build a WordPress website. She's able to use that website to sell her products and make money from them. And that is fantastic. That is what it's all about. You know, it's, it's about being able to do something independently without having to always get the help in with the working eyes. Stephen, one of the other aspects of this, and of course, it's a talk show in 2023, so if we don't include AI in a segment, we have done a great <laughs> injustice to the technological world and the audience mm -hmm. at home, but there is a little bit of rumbling and speculation that AI is something that can be used to correct accessibility issues or mm -hmm. do accessibility checks on websites. I know uh, one of our contributors, Denis Boudreau of Inclusive Communication, says, no, no, guys, like there's some prospect here, but we can't be trusting the robots to do this. What do you imagine the prospect of AI could be in regards to either doing accessible design or writing accessible code or doing accessibility checks on the web? Okay, so I think there's two sides to this. I think there's the website accessibility in itself, and there's absolutely... I would share the view that it's not something we should leave to the robots. We've tried to do this before. It failed miserably. It doesn't work. You cannot circumvent accessibility. You have to build it in. And that is as simple as, and in some cases anyway, of labeling buttons. I go through apps all the time with unlabeled buttons. I'm not double tapping on that because I don't know what it is. Yeah. That could be erase my iPhone button. I'm not doing that. So you've got to think about this, the, the very basics, and of course, the, the web content accessibility guidelines, which have just been updated, and it's a very big and laborious document, but it's very important for developers to even know it exists, because that sets the standards for developers. Now, of course, there's another side to this, AI in itself, actually enabling us as consumers to be able to access the web more easily. And the question we've been sharing on our show, basically following Microsoft's big announcement of what's coming up tomorrow, their big update on Windows 11 mm. that will be uh, shipping tomorrow. I say shipping, of course, you don't go and buy a CD from the store in a box anymore. It just comes over the air, right, onto your computer. But, you know, with that big update comes Copilot. And what that enables you to do is, let's say, for example, I want to buy a yellow toaster and I'd like to spend around $40. Um, can you suggest one for me? It will go off. And it will actually search the web, 
come back with the options in a nice chat window and even go further than that. It can even integrate with the site. And I could say, hey, just, you know what, add it to my basket and use my card ending one, two, three to make the payment. Now, we're not quite there with that part of it yet, but there's no Steven's reason why we can't get there. got one, two, three. Uh, CVV number on that, Stephen? <laughs> I'm just curious here. A three, two, one. A three, um, two, one, okay. But, <laughs> but look, if you can get to that point then life gets rather interesting because then what you you ask yourself is, do we then not need the developers to create accessible websites because the AI can circumvent the accessibility that way yeah. and actually make it easier for us? That's a big debate to have, but there's two sides to it. It, it, again, it speaks to that sort of uh, idea of passing the buck off to the robots, being like, this accessibility thing is too hard for us humans. Let, let's let the technology do it itself rather than, you know, make it a but, priority But, but hang on, but the thing is, though, you've you got to think about the consumer in this, right? So the person who just wants to buy the yellow toaster and doesn't really want to spend the rest of their life arrowing up and down through our website, button, 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 trying to find that particular toaster in amongst 8 million other results, yeah. including sponsored ads and sponsored this and cookie settings and all the rest. <laughs> if you want to get past all that and just get to the content, which, by the way, is what everyone else does visually with a mouse mm -hmm. or their finger on a screen, then why not? Why shouldn't we be able to do that? And if AI can help us do that, why not? Oh, Stephen, you're so smart. I always enjoy talking to you. Uh, Stephen, no time to talk about some new features at Amazon. Maybe we'll, uh, we'll, we'll put that in our pocket and get to it a little bit later in the week. But for okay. now, sir, I wish you a lovely day. And you, Dave. Have a great day. That is Stephen Scott, one of the co-hosts of Double Tap. You can find that show daily, noon Eastern time on AMI-audio. I am always delighted when it pumps through the speakers into my office. I love listening to Stephen and Sean. Coming up after the break, Alex Smythe takes you to fantasy land. You won the lottery. What does building your dream home look like? Oh boy, Alex Smythe knows how to get my juices flowing on a Monday. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.